Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NBA center Ryan Hollins. Double pump fakes, leads it, shot blocked by Ryan Hollins. Hollins sent that into the third row. Six rebounds and eight assists. Hollins climbs the stairs. Down the floor. Ryan Hollins, he is the high jumper. That's what I want to see. Give me some gunpowder and throw the hammer down. And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. Welcome to another edition of Buecher and Holland, subsidiary of Buecher and Friends, part of the United WeCast Network. I'm Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, read me on Bleacher Report, follow me on Twitter at Rick Buecher and on Instagram at Rick underscore Buecher. He's Ryan Hollins. You can see him on a variety of platforms, ESPN. Although we don't, we don't have anything set yet. You're a free agent. I believe that's correct. Uh, the, uh, but you can find him on Twitter at Ryan, at the Ryan Hollins and on Instagram at simply Ryan Hollins. All right. So I, in my last Buker friendless. I ended up doing the underrated and overrated teams in the Eastern Conference. Went over uh, very well. A lot of feedback. And with training camps opening in just a couple days, I want to get the Eastern Conference in as well. And so uh, I promised in the last podcast with Will that you and I would do that in this one. And we need to do it for the Western Conference. So this is really interesting. I don't know about about you, but I feel as if, for the first time, I feel as if the Western Conference is, in a way, overrated. Um, some of the teams that I see are overrated. It's almost, for example, like the Jazz and the Nuggets. They're teams that, that have been on the cusp, but I think people are expecting big things from. And, and I am not. And on the other hand, there are other teams in the Western Conference that I think are being underrated that I, I just I don't think that they're, they're given enough credit. But what was interesting to me, Ryan, is like all the numbers, nobody's expecting anybody to be particularly do- dominant depending on which stats you look at. Right now, the 76ers are supposed to have the best record overall in the entire league with 58 wins. This is according to 538. That mirrors somewhat the, uh, the the lines out of Vegas. 
The Rockets are at 57 wins in the Western Conference, and those are supposed to be the top two teams as far as home court advantage going into the playoffs. I'll start there, and we're bleeding into the East a little bit with this, but since I started with this premise of that, uh, that the numbers are just a little skewed, how do you feel about the idea that the Philadelphia 76ers are going to have the best record in the Eastern Conference and the Rockets are going to have the best record in the West? There's a chance with Philly. There's a chance with the Rockets, too. But when you look at the Rockets, it's just a chance. Because I am under the assumption that I feel like Westbrook and Harden are going to work out. I feel like they're going to work out, bro. (laughs) (laughs) But there's things that have to be ironed out. This is the first time that Russ is actually going to have an opportunity to play in a system, a system that fits the modern era. Um, Mm -hmm. Billy Donovan kind of had to adapt to what his personnel was already. Uh, Scotty Brooks is a great guy, but the one thing they just kind of did, and you can speak to this even more, Ken, they just kind of defended, play hard, and was like, yo, Valium shots for Durant, Valium shots for Westbrook, and – the NBA used to be played like that, so I understand it, but it got him, got him, never got him to the got him to the finals once upon a time. So I'm I, I'm intrigued with Houston, and yet I have to see it work. But because we know what Harden can do in the regular season, we know that they just play a little bit faster than everybody else. Yeah. There's a strong chance that it could be Houston, but I lean more towards Philadelphia actually carrying through. Interesting. I I still, yeah, during regular season, Philadelphia obviously has a huge size advantage. They're just going to be big. They're going to beat people up. And I think that that will play well during the regular season. I'm still questioning how much shooting they have on the perimeter and who their go-to guy is. But that is, I believe, going to be less of a factor regular season than it is in the postseason. I don't have any problem with the the Rockets being uh, posted as the as the top, uh, having the best record in the Western Conference. I think you're right. I think if there's ever motivation for for Harden and for for Russ and for the Rockets in general, it's right now, and it's wide open. I feel like it's wide open in the West. I will say this though, I still feel as if the Clippers overall are the best team in the Western Conference. And it's just a matter of how quickly do they bring that together? How long does, is Paul George still rehabbing from the shoulders? Like, where are they? But the fact they, they've said Kawhi Leonard's not going to be on a, on a, on a, on a game or minute restriction like he was in Toronto. I would think that has to be a plus for the Clippers regular season record. No. Of course he's going to be on a minute restriction. There's no way he doesn't. He's got a, a mystery injury that just seems to be triggered by fatigue. There's no way ar- around it. Well, they're saying going in, going in. They're not. They're not going in. They're not having him on any sort of a minute restriction. So maybe it well, flares you, up. You but... like to say that, right? You like to like you like to come in and say that, right? Because it, there was there was so much unneeded attention added. And I'll say one thing from working with the Clippers last year is that they were just like anti drama. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They were so anti-drama, so I think just knowing that, oh, we're, this is what we're doing, we're, you know, we're, we're tempering expectations, that in itself 
uh, is going to make it so that he doesn't have that type of restriction. Right. Okay. Uh, so I want to do it this way. I want to pick two teams that are underrated and two teams that are overrated. Let's start with the underrated. And you give me, we'll go back and forth. Give me a team that you believe is being underrated right now going into the season. Are you going by conference or am I just... We're, going, we're just going Western Conference. Western Conference. Um, In the Western Conference, uh, a, a team that's underrated um, that I, I believe is going to perform, I'm going to have to look at... Uh, who am I going to have to look at, Rick? You're going to give me a second here. You're gonna have to give me a second here. I know we I know we talked about this before, but you you, you always say something wild, bro, like you want to skew my picks. Because I feel like Houston would be the team that would overperform. I feel like Houston okay. would be the underrated team, but you 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 come out and say that they should be favorites. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you that the projections, the projections have them pretty high up. Okay, okay, so so well, you know whether whether you want to or not, and maybe I, I agree with your projections, but I heard a lot of people and I had some arguments that just saying that it won't work. You got two ball hogs on the same team. Mm-hmm. Golden State and Houston are going to be underrated, and they won't even be su- surprised me. And here right now for me, if one of those teams knocks off the Clippers or the Lakers in the playoffs, Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. and uh, I say that because. There's so many elements that have to go in mm-hmm. to winning. And if I look at Golden State, Klay Thompson is going to be back. Draymond's still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, D'Angelo Russell adds youth and shooting. He's if only he, going to improve. The maturity is going to be there. If he's still there. And if he's still there. But, I mean, if he's gone, this means he's coming back for a real piece. You're bringing them a a, a, a big-time wing scorer you know, a three and D guy, if not multiple mm. that make this team blow it up even more, maybe like a Terrence Ross or, uh, you know, somebody like that, multiple guys like that, that really, really, um, helped them out. And if I'm taking a time and I'm looking at the Rockets, if James Harden playoff Harden looks like regular season, Harden somewhat like that in the fourth quarter, that's a problem. Yeah. That's I'm not problem. looking at so much. I'm not looking at it so much postseason. Because t- to me, that's just a, a different animal. No, but in terms of no, the- you have to. That's what, when I say that, that's, that's what I throw out. Because no one cares about them. The Rockets winning 60 wins. Come on, bro. Do you think they're going to win 60 games? Do you think they're, they're going to have There's the best? Because at least one, uh, Bleacher Report put out, put, a, put out theirs, and they have the Denver Nuggets with the best record in the Western Conference. <laughs> You're not buying that. I don't care about the regular season. <laughs> it's set, like, it tells something. But it, it ultimately means nothing, man. Well, I, I don't. I don't. I'm be honest. Rick. I, no, I no. Don't. I get that. I get that. My reluctance to talk about the postseason is simply because, like the Warriors, for example, we don't we don't know if it's going to be D'Angelo Russell or it's going to be uh, pieces that they acquire for D'Angelo Russell. And who knows if they're in a bad way? What are the possibilities that they're moving D'Angelo Russell? For a young guy and a draft pick, they're they're looking at this is not our year. It's clearly not our year. So let us get some assets in order to come back with something significant next year. Now that all depends on how it goes, how D'Angelo plays, how they play together. 
the the I'm, I'm I'll stay with the underrated right now. My two underrated teams, based on the records that I'm seeing, are the Pelicans and the Spurs. The Pelicans are being uh, listed at least I think this was a Bleacher Report thirty nine and forty three, four games under under five hundred. The Spurs are being listed at forty three and thirty nine, which I, I don't want to go into the overrated already, but they're 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 being placed behind the Dallas Mavericks. They're being talked about as if let me just take a quick look at their uh, where are the so they're supposed to be five games worse than last year when Dejounte Murray got hurt when uh, no Lonnie Walker like. Derek White has a full year under his belt along with playing for Team USA. I think that the Spurs are going to flirt with a 50-win 50 50 win season. I believe that they are going to take a step up from last year, not a step back. And trust me, this is from somebody, Ryan, who has been trying to stick a fork in the Spurs for years and years and years. Again, don't know what they're going to be in the postseason necessarily. But DeMar DeRozan having a full year under his belt. LaMarcus Aldridge seems to have... have found his place in San Antonio. The idea that they are going to be five games worse, I'd make a bet that they're going to be five games better. And the Pelicans, I just, I really love their draft above and beyond Zion Williamson. I love having Derek Favors there. I love giving the keys to the car to Drew Holiday. And everybody's saying, oh, you lost Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, you could never count on what you were going to get when you were going to get it. When he was on, phenomenal, phenomenal. You just never knew. I just look at this. I think people are looking, are probably underestimating them, and they're going to fully exploit that. I expect them. This has them listed at thirty nine forty three. I fully expect them to have a winning record, and I expect them to be in the hunt for a playoff spot at the end of the year. May not get it, probably won't get it, but I would expect them to be in the hunt. Those are my two underrated teams. I don't agree with both. When I look at when I look at New Orleans, I, my, my big word is growing pains mm. because you got to develop Zion, and I, I like JJ Redick around him. Mm-hmm. I like I like Favors. I like Holiday. There's no question, but we're gonna have to question health with all of those guys. They kind of, you know, they they roll the dice and say we're gonna pay a guy who can give me a big reward if he's healthy. But we know they've missed time. Derek Favors being one of those guys, Drew Holiday, even J.J. Reddick. Now, I'm not benching the number one overall pick. And, Rick, there's he's got some growing to do. And I do like the way that they just had said, we're going to tank this out and we're going to try to, you know, just let you play. We're going to put some good guys around you. I appreciate the approach. In, the terms, of, in terms of the Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan haven't learned how to win yet. There was something that I remember when you played against him and Tony Amanu that those guys just found a way, bro. It was just some old school, your pops in the back of the driveway. He would bank a shot off the top of the backboard, bro, to find a way to win. That was Tim Duncan. That was Manu Ginobili. There was a stat I remember, and I'll never forget it. We're going over scouting report before. we. I remember we're getting ready to play the Spurs, and within the scouting report, it said that 
you know, within games of five or fewer points in decision, the Spurs had won at like an 80 or 90% clip. Mm-hmm. And when you go back and you look at your season or we talk in the locker room and say, guys, we, this was a three-point game. This was a five-point game. Think about all those losses. We cut those in half just by executing. We're a different team. Mm-hmm. I don't see that from this San Antonio team in a thick West. I believe they'll be good. They'll be competitive. They're going to work hard. They're going to scheme. But ultimately, I don't just go, ah, man, that's, that's an L. Dang, man, San Antonio's within three points. They're going to win the game. Like, they just didn't lose those games before. Well, I'm, look, I'm not comparing them to the, to the Tim Duncan Manu age, but they did win 48 games last year, and they were seven and four in games decided by three points or less. Now, that, that's not world beating, but it's, I just look at the nice combination of DeRozan. I, I don't know that he's going to be demonstrably anything different, but he looks comfortable. LaMarcus looks comfortable. I'm a big fan of Derek White. DeJounte Murray, I don't know what he is, but he wasn't there at all last year. I mean, they, they, they had so many injuries. I saw Lonnie Walker in summer league. I was, I was impressed. Looks like he can be a contributor. And, and it's Pop, who's just had, you know, a, an off season of honing disparate parts and making it work. I just feel as with their execution and with the, the blend of talent that they have and no one expecting anything from them. This is the big thing for me. They won 48 games last year with all those injuries. Now you're telling me they're going to come back healthy with Derek White, uh, far more experienced, and they're going to be they're going to be five games worse. That's why I have them underrated. I don't. I'm not saying they're title contenders by any stretch, but. I think they're what are they then, Rick? What, what are they then? Are you going to call them underrated because they were a playoff team last year. So what are they then? Well, they're certainly a playoff team. Certainly a playoff team. Yeah, so, but for you to call them underrated, you got to tell me your expectations. I'm telling you what the expectations are. The expectation is that they're going to be a 43-win team. And I'm telling you they're going to be a 50-win team. And they're going to lose in the first round? That all with with the well, Western Conference the same this year. Team. No, no, no. That's not but underrated. No, nobody. That is totally underrated. People, second. people are saying they're going to be worse this year than they were last year. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And could they win a first round? Yeah, they could. They could. With the West, I feel like the entire league. To be honest with you, are you scared to say it, then? Why are you scared to say it, then? You feel because, that you're so strong about it. Why are you scared to say it? Because well, because I don't know who they're going to play and matchups. Are going to determine everything. I think you don't end up in the seventh or eighth seed. You should be cool. You should you should have a chance. Well, they could be in the sixth seed, and they're going to have the record that you say they'll have. If this they shouldn't be fine. If the Spurs if the Spurs end up matched up with Portland Trailblazers, they could win that first round. So Portland didn't prove none to you last year. No, I don't know whether they're going to have a Nurkic or not. I think losing Al Farouk Amino was a big loss. I'm not impressed with. Hassan Whiteside coming in, uh, having uh, Rodney Rodney back, Rodney Hood back certainly helps. I just no, I think it's I and and this is goes for both East and West, which again is why I'm reluctant to talk about playoffs at this stage and how deep teams are going to go because I think everybody in a way is vulnerable. I feel like the entire league, it, it, it's it's. 
you took all the pieces and you put them in a box and you shook them up and now you're going to throw them out on the floor and see what falls. Like I, every team has been demonstrably changed. And even the ones we like, the Lakers adding AD, the Clippers getting Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, it's still a matter of we've never seen them operate together. We don't, we don't, I don't know what they're going to be. And so that's why I'm hesitant. Not because you know me, I'm not afraid to say something strong, but I'm not going to say something strong just to say something strong. If it's, if it's a mixed bag, which is what I see it as right now, I'm going to tell you it's a mixed bag. And the second I got a feeling for, you know what, this is the team I like, or these guys are going to be this, then I'm all, uh, I'm completely happy with, with jumping out there and saying that. So my two teams underrated, Pelicans and Spurs. Your two teams underrated are the Rockets and, did you have another one? Mm-hmm. Well, Golden State Warriors, you forgot. I mean, apparently oh I, I, didn't, I didn't say goodness. what I needed strong enough. I ain't saying strong enough then. So, okay. See, they're projected, from what I have, they're projected to win 51 games. They're projected to go 51 and 31. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. That makes them a bona fide, solid playoff team. They're going to be fighting for the eighth spot in the playoffs this year. Which leads me into my overrated. Because the Warriors are one of my overrated teams. Defensively, they're going to be, they're going to have problems. And I don't know that you work Steph Curry as hard as you're going to have to work him in order to eke out an eighth playoff spot. Why do that to yourself? Why do that to Steph Curry? Now, am I, are you, help me, help me understand what it is that you like about this, this Warriors team. Cause I don't see side, maybe, maybe you're a big Willie Cauley Stein fan. I'm not, or a big D'Angelo Russell fan. Because those guys are going to have to be significant contributors for this team to work. Cause after that, poof. You thought Quinn Cook was an extra? They'd love to have Quinn Cook on this team right now. I agree. The, the bench is in trouble. I do like Kali Stein because now with all those shooters, he's in a situation. All he has to do is catch and finish. Or Hear me. All he's going to have to do is catch and finish. Uh, Draymond, when he gets his touches, could shoot. I feel like you always talk about Klay Thompson being hurt. You know, Curry having to take a step back. I feel like the biggest step back was Draymond Green. He stopped looking at the rim once yeah. KD got there. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's that's the truth there. So I, I think he – I know he's going to go out and improve and and, and, he, and he'll go out and get healthy. And, Rick, you called it all year long. He was never quite healthy. And I believe the biggest thing was – Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It, it ended up in his shot because his, he never had his balance. He never had his feet under him. 
and that's the easiest way to, to shoot poor three-point shots. Yeah. Uh, so I, well, if, I believe they'll be better there. Yeah. And, Rick, you, you, you go and get three, three and D guys out the G League. Hmm. Well, they certainly could have used a few of them last year. They they struggled with wing play. They they just and again, that was on the level of having to play in the playoffs. Quinn Cook couldn't couldn't deliver on that stage. Uh, Alfonso Quinn Cook couldn't be Steph couldn't. Curry, but I thought he played well. Quinn Cook was did a good job of being Quinn Cook. He did a good job of being Quinn Cook, but it wasn't good enough to help you win a title. Yeah, you needed Clay Thompson out of Quinn Cook, and you you can't get that, bro. I mean. What's well, it? and you're assuming Man. that Clay. When are you assuming Clay is going to be back? I I would I would put Clay back towards the end of the season. Okay. So this record is not going to be as glorious as you as you'd expect. Okay. But Clay is a psycho. We're not talking about somebody regular. Like Clay's like in a swimming pool running right now. Like Clay is is a madman. Like this guy mentally wills himself to do things he shouldn't be able to do. And we're talking about a shooter. Like, if Clay Thompson played a game and he never dunked the basketball, you'd be like, dang, he's still good. He's really good. Now, the question is lateral movement. Because right now, Clay's going to be good running forward. Running up and down, he's going to be perfect. But side to side, he may have a little adjusting to do from the time off. And he may take a knock defensively. And you're going to, right now, as construct, you're going to be asking him to play against bigger guards but he's going to be playing a lot of small forward as constructed this is that's the that's the big issue for the for the warriors who's going to guard paul george who's going to guard lebron james who's going to guard Giannis antetokounmpo when you look at the dynamic point forwards small forwards that can take you apart even james harden who's going to guard james harden they last year they had Iguodala, they had Clay Thompson, they had Kevin Durant. That was a strength of theirs. If you had a if you had a dynamic three, <laughs> we're gonna have a fresh body on him all the time. Let's see what you can do. This year, what you're gonna put? Dr- Draymond can't do that all game long. Draymond's most effective when he's playing bi- bigger guys. He can do it in need situations. You don't want to give him a steady diet of that. You don't have a Clay Thompson. I mean, honestly, I don't know. You, certainly, it's not going to be Steph. It's not going to be. I, I don't know who it's going to be coming in. And I, I, that, to me, is a huge hole. Defensively is what scares me. But the bigger, the bigger question I have is: Is it worth it to go after it this year? Because let's be realistic. They're not winning a championship. Can we agree on that? They're not a title contender this year. No matter when Clay comes back, they're not a title contender this year. Can we agree no, on that? I don't, no, I don't think they have enough. I don't, I don't think anybody – I mean, Milwaukee has the best chance out the East, and I would just say Lakers and Clippers, and you know, everybody else is pretty far behind. Right. So with that in mind, why, why wear Steph and Draymond out – just so you can say you made the playoffs again, as opposed to, you know, let's see where it goes. I mean, look, if you catch fire, if your D'Angelo is way better, if Will, Willie Collins not, you got something going, fine. But you mentioned it yourself, like the bench is not there, and 
I just I don't want to play I don't want to play Steph 38 40 minutes just to make the playoffs cuz now what am I going to do with him next year when I'm potentially back at you know closer to full strength. That's where I, if if this doesn't go well out of the gate, if we're having trouble stopping people, then I'm going to be very conservative. I'm going to do what Pop did with when they tanked for Tim Duncan, where David Robinson and Sean Elliott and every guy like if they needed surgery, if they needed time off, like he put he put everybody on the shelf. I that's what I would do if I was the Warriors and live to fight another day. So ultimately we'll see we'll see where that goes. All right, let's 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 move on to the overrated. You want me to go first? Or you want to go first when it comes to let me, overrated. Let me hear what you got. I'm I'm assuming you're gonna mess up one of my answers anyways. <laughs> well, this is this is what kind of threw me off is when I started looking at the projected the projected records. Um like I have I have questions about the Jazz, whether they can take another step forward. They had 50 wins last year. The projections that I saw had them with 51 wins this year. I feel like in some ways they got exposed a little bit last year. Joe Ingles got exposed. You're relying on Donovan Mitchell. Now, I believe that Mike Conley, if if he stays healthy, that can be a huge difference maker. But that's a big if at his age. And you don't have quite the same depth on the front line that you had uh, a year ago with Derek Favors in 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 New Orleans. So um but but my my two teams, I already told you, the Warriors to me wildly overrated and the Dallas Mavericks at 44 and 38, they're actually projected to be better than the Spurs. Based on what? Based Chris Tapps Porzingis. That's right. Chris Tapps Porzingis. What has Chris Tapps Porzingis done that I'm going to say that he's going to pair with Luka Doncic and he's going to, that those two are going to carry the, the, the Mavs to a winning record? In fact, I'll tell you this I'm a big Doncic fan. I think things are going to level out for Doncic. I think because of his experience as a pro over in Europe playing against men, I think he came in with an advantage. Here's the rub. This is why he wasn't the consensus number one pick. Because the question is, how much better is he going to get? How much more can he evolve his game? And I I believe that in saying they're going to be better than the Spurs and 44 wins and they're going to be a playoff team after what? They had... 33, we're talking about they're going to make an 11-game jump from their record last year. No, 12. No, 11. 11-game jump from last year. Doncic has to be significantly better, and Kristaps Porzingis has to be a star for 82 games. Are you telling me that you're convinced that Kristaps Porzingis is going to be a star for 82 games? I've seen him be a star for 30 games. Not more than that. And he wore out. Now, I've seen all the photos. He's been in the, he's been in the weight room. He's his body looks better. We'll see. We'll see how well he handles carrying that weight, getting up and down and playing at the speed that the Mavericks need to play. So, those are my two. Mavs, Warriors, wildly overrated. Go. Mm. 
Wow. T- tell me where. Tell um, me what you what issue we are, we obviously know we disagree on the Warriors. You disagree yeah, with me doing, on the, on the Mavs? Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're doing a lot right there. I think you're doing a lot, Rick, when you're talking about that, Dallas. That, Dallas, a Dallas lot, is a be lot or too good. much. A lot or too much. Whatever. Yeah, whatever you however you want to take it, Rick. However you want to take it, Rick. Um, but my old my overrated, correct? Um, I'm gonna go at yes. New Orleans. Uh <laughs> I think and, and when I say New Orleans, I have realistic expectations, but there are a lot of people that still think that you got like, you know, you know, Charles Barkley's over there in New Orleans and he's what, gonna Zion turn that Williamson? thing out. And dude, and he ain't even he ain't even Anthony Davis. You know what I'm saying? Like now he 100%. has the potential yep. to grow into that, but he ain't Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis did everything he could to try to make New Orleans happen. And like I said, he could grow into something. So right now, I believe New Orleans, I will believe is overrated. Because everybody, oh, I like New Orleans. I like New Orleans. Why not? No, no, no. So to the common man, I would say New Orleans, you're you're doing uh, a little much and. You want another overrated, right, Rick? Yes. But let me, let, here's the thing with New Orleans. I expect them to be better than expected, not because of Zion Williamson, but because collectively, like, I like, I, I think Zion will, will, will contribute. I think Jackson Hayes will contribute. I think Alexander, the 17th pick, will contribute. And I really like, I, obviously, Drew Holiday has to stay healthy. If if he goes down, that's a big loss. He's he's really a he, he's he's the catalyst for all this. And you do lose Julius Randle. You know, they lost some pieces from last year for sure. But Derek Favors, I'm not saying he's Julius Randle, but he's Julius Randle's ish. Ish. So I just I, I I believe I believe those young guys I, Alexander m- more than anybody I feel like Alexander is going to be able to contribute almost right away he's going to be in the rotation right away and I generally don't say that about any rookies and I don't want to make too much of summer league but the dude he had uh, he just had that presence of a guy who can be a three and D guy can handle can shoot it definitely can defend his position big I'm, I'm big on that. And uh, and we have uh, well, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, and I and I think it's a great group for Al Gentry to work with. I think actually, in some ways, Anthony Davis being out the door is going to be a relief to that entire franchise after what they went through last year. Of course, how isn't it, man? You and you had to do it. You just you just will. Dale Demps had to did it when it was originally asked. <laughs> he hadn't done everything else that he did. Um, in my second overrated, I'm going to look at Denver. And I know we talked about that. We're kind of skimming over the same team. But I just think they are kind of who they who we thought they were, Rick. And I don't think that's anything wrong. I just don't think it's their time yet. And they snuck up on a lot of teams, man, because they played so hard, bro. They played really, really hard. And I and I hate to make it sound like that's a bad thing. But mm-hmm. I don't want to mix that, mix that up with where they actually are talent-wise. And I believe a lot of teams are going to get used to like, man, they play hard as heck. Like, put your hard hat on. You're playing against the Denver Nuggets tonight. And uh, I I think they're an overrated team. I can't disagree with that. I I think we we agree the fact that Jamal Murray is still your go-to guy. I I don't know if you saw the ESPN. They got 
They got Jokic as a top, I want to say he was seventh on their list. Definitely a top 10 player. Does he make that for you? Because I top ten, yeah, I, I throw him in with what he did last year. I would I would throw him in the top ten. You you'd have to give me some people to knock him out, and that's possible. But I, I throw him in the top. I mean, the guy was an MVP candidate last year with what he did. Yeah, yeah, bro, big fella takes a like. He may even be like if Embiid doesn't get his act together, he may be pushing the big fella for you know that that best big in the league title. You know, but we've got to see it in the playoffs. Can I go back to New Orleans for a second? Why so, I, think I know you're, you're so you got so many things you want to go. I I got something I want to I want to touch on too again. Go okay. ahead though. And and then the other thing I want to do I'm going to ask you. So think about this: is who has more pressure on them in L.A. Doc Rivers or Frank Vogel? Um, we'll get to that in a second. You also have Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball who are now Mm, out from under uh, that whole Lakers thing, right? They got something to prove. They're not going to have, they're not going to have the world, the weight of the world on them. Like they're going to be in their, they're going to be in their right place. They're not going to be looked at guys who are supposed to carry the franchise, but they're going to feel like they just got an out of, out of jail card, Uh, get out of free jail, uh, whatever the hell that the monopoly card is. Get out of jail free card. There you go. I just, that's, the, to me, the 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 good the feel good vibe around the Pelicans they're going to take advantage of a lot of things because they took a they got AD out that was a burden on them that was a cloud on the franchise and they brought Josh Hart Ingram and Lonzo over and those guys get out from under that whole Lakers Lebron cloud that's another reason why I think the Pelicans are going to surprise people that's a lot of depth right there. You did add you did add different dimension. Did it? I do give you that. I do give you that. All right. So, with that, the question that I posed, and we'll wrap up on this: Frank Vogel or Doc Rivers? I'm going to ask you two questions when it comes to coaches. One: Who has the greater pressure on them between those two guys in LA? And then who's the coach in the league who has the most pressure on him overall? We'll start with we'll start with Frank and Doc. Which one are you picking? Oh, it's Doc all the way. Because now you overachieved, you're to feel good. Anything mm-hmm. short of a championship or like a like a game seven loss to the Lakers, and this season was a failure. Doc, you got everything you asked for. This was the a uh, five year plan that fell into place. We. You know, you you know when you target your free agents and you go, well, Kawhi is going to be available in 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 the 2019 free agency, and it came through. So now he's got to go win, dude. Frank Vogel can't do anything but win. Right now, the expectations are so low for Frank Vogel. Even he's not even supposed to have the job the entire year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even from his front <laughs> office, that all he can do is win. And sometimes, like when you go into jobs and you have that mentality. And you're playing, playing free, you're coaching free, and you know there are already no expectations. You just like, things just work out. So if he goes in with that mindset, he, he's going to he's going to overachieve. He's yeah. Gonna I just look overachieve. I, 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 I my sense is that people think he's going to be, he's not going to make it to the end of the year, and that like there's there's no chance that he's going to be driving the bus. Whatever happens. Yeah, but, but think the, about this though, Rick. That LeBron characteristically 
goes through these lulls where he's not quite all the way in shape or not really bought mm-hmm. in defensively. And the team's kind of in between deferring and saying, LeBron, win us a game. And then LeBron's kind of like, nah, I wanted your help to be there. Right. And then things end up going like sour. And then he yeah. gets his act together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where he's yeah. the point where he kind of demands the ball, but he's not quite doing what he should be doing. Right. right. But he wants the ball in every possession, but then he's not being aggressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just, you know, things like that. Okay, so big picture. Is there, and maybe it's one of the, maybe it's Doc has the most pressure. But is there another coach in the league that you look at and say, that guy, that guy has the crosshairs on him? And I think there are actually a number of guys that you could make that case for. But I'm curious. I'll give you, I'll throw out some names before I give you a definitive one. Mike Malone with Denver, Brett Brown with Philadelphia. I don't know whether to put him there or not, but I'm going to. Mike Budenholzer with Milwaukee because he's the defending coach of the year and Giannis is supposed to take another step up. Like The time is now. Nick Nurse with the Toronto Raptors. I feel like he's playing with house money, but people are going to want to see, okay, is he really a coach or was that the whole Kawhi thing that had had it going. Brad Stevens with Boston. Okay, Kyrie's out the door. You got your young guns again. What are you going to do with them? Am I missing anybody? Is there anybody else you think of that is... On the low, on the low Quinn Snyder. Yeah, okay. Although I, just I, think fe- he's, I think he's done an excellent job. But just, just you know, like the NBA in coaching and being fired or like keeping your job, like it's just so stupid. It has nothing to do with wins and losses, bro. <laughs> There's nothing to do with one zone. So as, as we like to throw this out coaching wise, this is a hard, this is a hard sell. You know, we, we, we ultimately don't, you can't, it's the worst job. It's the greatest worst job as far as yeah. it's the worst job when it comes to security. Well, shoot. Yeah. I mean, you got guys like Lionel Hollins goes to the playoffs, wins 50 plus games, gets fired. Like how many, how many coaches have we seen of late that went to the playoffs? It used to be, you went to the playoffs and you won 50 plus games you're getting an extension. You weren't getting McHale, booted. Bro. Kevin McHale goes to the conference finals. And see ya. Speaking of which, Mike D'Antoni, does he have pressure or does this whole flip, this this whole switch change things? Man, you you know what Tillman Fertitta's on right now. <laughs> he spent a couple billion to get this team. Yeah, you know what he's on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's pressure. So are you going to pick one? Do you have one? you have one in particular? That you would go with one coach that has the biggest most pressure. Yeah, the guy who um, has the most pressure on him. I'm gonna say a coach that has the most pressure. Uh, outside of the big names like Doc, like the like the, the LA, the Clippers. I'm gonna say quietly Brad Stevens, um, okay. just because he was quietly accredited for this like kind of Kyrie breakdown and how mm-hmm. good Boston was and. Mm-hmm. They kind of were like, hey, we're going to give it one more shot. Now, this ain't the same shot as last year, but we're going to give you one more, Brad. Let's see if you are who you are. So I would say there's some pressure there with Brad Stevens. I'm going to say Brett Brown. With all the money they spent adding Al Horford. And I, I like Brett. I don't put the blame for their shortcomings last year on him. But he he's in a tough spot because he's leaning on a point guard in Ben Simmons that I don't trust. Joel Embiid, who I think still has to mature. Who's your leader on that team? 
I always thought Al Horford was that type of guy, but he's he's a leader by example, but he's not a locker room guy. I don't know who the voice is. J.J. Redick was a big voice on that team last year. So I'm going to They go don't have him. it. It's Al Horford. That's it. Yeah, which you saw it in Boston. That, that It wasn't enough. Wasn't even close. All right. That does it for this episode of Buker and Hollins. Uh, don't let, forget. Let me throw this in. I, I, I okay. would just love if somehow Chris Paul, I, I know he makes too much money to possibly get bought out, but somehow he could go over to Philly. I think that could be a cool deal. Ooh, that would be good. That would be good. Just because they kind of like, those, yeah. guys, those guys are so young that yep. his like his words will be taken not like and I, he's not going to be sized up when he says stuff. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey after they had Jimmy Butler last year, Chris Paul is going to be a walk in the park. But they listen to Jimmy. It's kind of like, yo, you're older than us. Like, yeah. like what's up? Yeah. Sure. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. Chris, oh, yeah. if, 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 if Jimmy had an impact, then I would think CP3 and his ability to make other guys better would have an even greater impact. It's good. It's a good thought on your point. I'd love to see that happen. All right. As I said, it's a wrap for this episode of Buker and Hollins. Don't forget, uh, please rate the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Just hit the stars. Love it if you leave a comment. Um, but if you want us to do something for you, then screenshot that review and send it to Apuka friends and you will be in a drawing to win some prizes. Next podcast will be the, well, training camps will have opened and we will get a read on who shows up and particularly with Kyrie Irving, the broken face, how much of a game changer? Is that actually potentially a good thing for the Brooklyn Nets? That will be discussed in the next podcast. As always, for Ryan and myself, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.